So when you're coming to the end of a situation such as this, this particular, you know, piece of something, (laughs) conditioned, constructed, uh, hopefully of some benefit, probably challenges, difficulties, conditioned phenomena, conditioned construction, and just uh, spending some time just kind of what is a wisdom, what, what are you learning? Really important learning is not really even ideas so much as a certain, perhaps a certain, this important disengagement. Yeah. So the chitta really is not an ideas thing. Ideas just help to, to turn it. But, settling, where you're resetting. And it can be an occasion where you just go, you should actually encourage every day, just go through the day and general feeling of it, and what particular qualities seem striking, you know, if you've got a kind of like a landscape where the peaks and troughs, those are where you felt stressed or happy or free or congested, where the world seemed this way or that way. Remember, in terms of experiencing fields, you see, um, with with fields, when you contemplate the chitta as a field experience, then some aspects appear as other people. Some aspects appear as myself. Now both of those positions are actually, they're, they're kind of illusory. They, they, they certainly occur. Um, but then, you know, So the world, and there are perhaps four, four points, four, like a compass, four, four points of compass that one should treat with great uh, caution and lift from, to just, just to feel the, the, the qualities of what, you know, the dummy qualities, the stress or the openness that are in these, and if there is any, and these four points are myself, how am, how am I with myself? Yeah, I mean, what's that mean? But, okay, it's just a point, it's just like a, a gesture. Uh, what aspects of myself have appeared? Hmm? You know, in that kaleidoscope, what aspects that I call me have appeared. And these are definitely going to give you an indication of uh, predominant patterns. It's going to be my, my feeling not good enough self, 
or um, very common one, didn't do well enough, or need to do more. I mean, you know, you, you know these things. <laughs> if you've been practicing, you should be aware of these things. Yeah. <clears throat> and we take that very personally, as really this is a profile of me. Mm. You know, well, we're not looking at refuting or, or affirming that, just saying, well, the self here is not really an issue. Clearly, the teaching is, a, is anatta. But contemplating that experience of selfhood, if we just look beneath the surface of that, where is the stress, clinging, craving, uh, obsessiveness? Uh, where are the familiar patterns that uh, seem to be me? Because this trap is not so easy to get out of. Otherwise we we wouldn't be in it. And one of the big traps is myself. And some of these, some of myself is rather, is quite good actually. <laughs> in many respects. But still, you think, hmm, what's that? Yeah. And is it ever uh, peaceful? Stable, satisfied. Does it adopt views? This is good, this is right, other people should be like this, or I should. Because the second reference is other people. Other people, either just what that term brings up before you get to any, any specific entities, other people. What's the, the sense of that? You feel welcome, easy, uh, or uncertain how you are, whether you meet their requirements, whether they, you know, whether you, anything like that, whether you, you feel that you, that you have to do something to be accepted by them, you know, or they're indifferent, or you're trying to make them something or the other. What happens in the experience, the reflection, the felt sense of other people, the felt meaning of other people. Mm. And then of course there could be specific others that you get quite a lot of energy going around. Who are, well, how is that? How are other people, if they're other, why are they in you? And why do they stay with you through the day and, you know, and live inside you? They're really other people. And particularly the ones you've you've got a really crystal clear uh, perception of. (laughs) I really know her number. This should be a good, you know, a, a real tr- sign that speaks for itself. You think you've really got a crystal clear perception of somebody else. You know, this just means you've got a really st- 
strong projection <laughs> occurring. Yeah. Future, another one. How many um, clairvoyants do you have in the room? Knowing the future, figuring the future, organizing for the future, planning for the future, worrying about the future. Um, well, what? That's going to be quite a, a provocative topic on the world of time, future, and of course the other one is the past. It's past, how come it's still here? It's past, how come it can still stir? It's not past, is it? And future, if it's in the future, how come it's so alive in you now? It hasn't happened yet. So we, we recognize that we're dealing with potencies. Um, these are potentials. That because they are the world in general considers these terms extremely meaningful. They are real compass points. Yourself, other people, your significant other, people in general, very significant orientation. What you were and what you will be, and ideally this should, this should be general trajectory of going ever upwards and past the future, not, certainly not downwards. <laughs> and the world in general very much believes and operates around that. So, you know, it's, you're bound to be, uh, have adopted that. We all adopted that. It's all been, you know, in, uh, it's all been um, printed on our, into our hearts. With the, the, but the underlying subliminal messages that come with that. So how are you in those? Have you seen them? Do you, can you remain uh, sort of what they call uncertain? Wisdom of uncertainty? Maybe so. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Maybe, maybe she is, maybe she isn't. Um, and that uncertainty, of course, is, is somewhat frustrating. But then there's the openness to allow forms to rise, to change, to keep open to it. It's actually uh, compassionate. Because then we have much more alert. This is, we call it the wilderness training. Disengage your tension. You're in a wilderness. So you have to really be very on the ball. Noticing when you're struggling. Noticing when you're getting reckless. Noticing when you're taking things for granted. When you're going to a high, just running along, not really taking stock. And we all do this because we, we want a clear road. We want, you know, a world we can orient in. Mm. 
So, but then the true orient, true orientation of Dhamma is a disorientation in those terms, and it, this is tough stuff. But it's like I was showing you when you're doing um, the chitta can learn it, um, and so it's like when you're doing balancing, you know. When you start to balance on one leg, the body has to be a bit more alert to make it on one leg. You move the other leg around, and the body's really got to upgrade its balancing uh, potential, isn't it? And so, but then that's actually an act of kindness to disorient the body so it has to, you know, increase its, its innate capacity. So, you know, Dhamma practice, we are, you want to be challenging ourselves. You know, not getting too set or cosy. This is something that um, certainly in, it's a pretty, pretty strong principle in, in monastic life, in the forest monasticism in many way, um, where you never really quite know what's going on. Um, but mostly there's a real sense of you have a particular set of protocols and precepts and ways of, that, that's your kit. That's what you know. You have certain ways of behaviour that you, you study and train and take care of, and then what's actually going to happen in a day? You never quite know. And, and then so you just got you know you just got to look out. And somebody says, "Well, we'd like, hey man, you know, invite." And you so to come over and give a talk. You go over and you ask him, you know, mm, maybe. <laughs> Might so. Mm. And so you ask him two days in advance and, and ask him in the morning, I don't know. Send a car, so you send a car around like 10 minutes before things are going to begin. And the thing is, oh, okay. <laughs> Nobody ever really knows if it's going to happen or not. And this, uh, so my child was very good at that. Then when he came to England, uh, which he, he couldn't speak the language, and did never been to England before, so you think, you know, he looks like he should be really confused. He's actually seemed completely relaxed and contented and even funny, humorous. He was so in himself, he was so balanced. He just, you know. Uh, they didn't seem to put out at all. 
by the strange things that people were doing. They put him on a bus, you know, you know, the English bus, this bus completely crowded with people jammed up against you, just... That's <laughs> <laughs> right, it's like this. And, uh, and they say, well, well, they invite him to the, give a talk at the WESAC, the Buddhist Society, so they, they say, will you give a talk? I don't know. So, so they, you know, he's trying to prepare something for the brochure. And uh, it depends on conditions. Actually, so Ajahn Sumedho was there, oh, well, you know, I'll, I guess I'll do it because they set this whole thing up. So the car comes round, the door opens, Ajahn Chah walks downstairs, gets in the seat, let's go. You know, this sense of, and you, <laughs> seemed very, it's very, you know, it seemed very frustrating, inconvenient, inconsiderate. It was not inconsiderate. I'm sure he knew exactly what he was doing. It's not to just annoy people, but a sense of, you know, if you go into a Buddhist society, we practice Buddhism right now. In <laughs> letting go. <laughs> and see what arises. And, yeah. So this, it's, it's tough, but then it does eventually open the space in the mind where you Okay, it happens or it doesn't happen. So, end of the world. So, you know, either happens or it doesn't happen. So, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. Yeah. And that, and uh, this really, the more that one can uh, recognise is this fundamental, because all these things are uncertain, aren't they? They are changeable, inconstant. You could describe it this way or that way or this way or that way, but you know, there would still be just be a perception. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably have. I don't know what you've seen in this in this institute. What what you've noticed? What probably I've seen things that you haven't seen. You've seen things I haven't seen. I have different takes on it. What it is? What it's about? Perception. So just recognize that jitta only gets perceptions and these perceptions are subjective. It selects you know, the perceptions that it will be familiar with. Because that's what it seeks orientation. And so we look for challenging familiarity mm. and in that sense of the, when all is up, when things mysterious, not quite clear, not quite certain, then what the wonderful arises. 
Vajita is in a state of openness where there's a sort of delight, a lightness in life. It's a ability to appreciate the present, the ability to pre- appreciate the present arising as it is and to allow it to pass and change is greatly enhanced. And with that there comes a kind of shift from the world, any kind of world, to the Dhamma. Different a shift of consciousness you could say. Shift of mind, change of mind. So reflect, consider, you know, review, lift off, you know, any particular event, just look at the general profiles of your experience, what you foresee, what you imagine, you know, any assessment you have, what you imagine you're better or worse, or going up or going down, or getting stuck or whatever, you know, that's... What's the truth of that? It's as true as your belief in it. So in this uh, teaching, the Buddha teaches uh, dependent arising, another way of explaining it is called emptiness which means things have no fundamental fixed concrete existence they're as real as our intentions as our mental energies as our volitional interests make them with the relaxing of that the world can disappear. Uh, it's a density of our lives thins, and there's clarity, openness, peacefulness. In your reviewing, recollecting, there's things that you feel, you know, like really stuck in terms of your behavior, conduct, you don't know. But it's always good to have a sense of this is causing me regret, you know, um, relinquish that, and try to understand that, try to understand the causes of that, relinquish it. Experiences we feel a sense of uh, gratitude for. Mm. Contemplate and the conditions that give rise to a sense of uh, gratefulness. Mm. So these are all features that you can you can bring to mind. And this is the way you you you're really learning from where your mind, where your jitta 
becomes uh, either stuck or patterned, so it's definitely held in a particular pattern that's driving onwards, and you're becoming an identity in that shape. And when it's free, So let's take some time for some practice now.